All right. It is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's talk about BC United, this new, new proposed new name white for the caps, BC Liberal Party. The new Whitecaps opponent. I think they're playing them this weekend, aren't they? <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> own goal. Will Kevin Falcon score the own goal? Yeah. We don't know. Is this a good idea or not? Like, what, what's your, what's I your don't read know. on it? I mean, the Liberals won, um, what, four elections? Yeah. If not a fifth, they had the most seats. Under the name BC Liberals. Yeah. It's just a vehicle. Um, it's a coalition. I'm not sure this is going to answer some of the concerns that evidently prompted this this name change. And it's also, I heard your interview with Carolyn Elliott, uh, her sort of hedging on what it's, it's going to take to actually approve this. Right. When you asked her about 50, is it going to be 50% plus one? And she didn't say that was the case. So is it, are we talking two thirds of the... Which is usually when you, when you change a constitutional thing, yeah. it's usually two thirds requirement. Maybe that's what's required. So this is not necessarily a slam dunk change. Then there's the fact that uh, when you rebrand, any marketing person will tell you it's not an overnight thing. It takes you a, a long time to rebrand your brand. For example, at uh, Global, we were BCTV for years, yeah. huge brand, very strong. And when we were bought by Canwest Global, it took. Uh, a fair amount of time to rebrand it. We started out as BCTV on Global. I think we were that for like a year. And then you slowly evolve and morph into this new brand. So we don't know when the next election is. On paper, it's 2024. But if David Eby becomes leader, he, widespread expectation is going to call an earlier election. So do the Liberals have enough time to sort of rebrand themselves well, in the okay. public's mind? Okay. Let's say this goes through in the fall. And by the way, I thought it was interesting, too, when Caroline Elliott, who's the vice president of the Liberal Party, told me that it may not be just a simple majority right. of party members required to make this change. That kind of surprised me a bit because I had the feeling that the party brass was in favor of this idea, this rebranding. Well, Kevin Falcon would want to make it. They would want to make it go through as easily as possible. But you'd think so. She's certainly raised a question there. Is it is yeah. it going to require more than 50 percent plus one? Right. Which, well, who knows? Um, but let's say, OK, let's say it goes through this fall, though. Mm-hmm. EB becomes premier this fall, potentially. Unless Apadurai does. <laughs> well, you know, we, we both think that the party's going to find a way to stop her. Mm-hmm. They're going to disqualify her. I think so he becomes premier this fall. Okay, so he's premier. When's the earliest he could call a snap election? In the spring, right? Yep. <laughs> so you don't think the liberals could get their act together under oh, this I, I don't BC think, United by the spring? I don't next... think that would be time enough to, to do this. I think the BC liberal name could still be on the ballot. Come the next, huh. uh, come if it's the spring election. If it's the fall election, that's more time. But spring, you know, they the liberals have not said when in the fall this is going to be voted on. Right. Yeah. You know, we're talking the three month window here. Um, is it going to be October, November, December? Yeah. When exactly is this uh, going to be voted on? What is the what is the threshold? Yeah. Uh, Carolyn talked about uh, different thresholds. That more than fifty percent. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think uh, uh, Hamish Telford the uh, Paul Isaiprof out at, uh, in the Fraser Valley uh, made the point on Global last night, this is not an easy exercise to overnight change your brand as a political party. It takes some time. And uh, but we'll see. I mean, I think if there's an election next fall, I think there's enough time for, for them to get on the ballot. But spring might be a little early. Let's listen to the NDP's take on it, okay? Not surprisingly, they they think this is a... Uh, this is a some sort of trick, trick yes. by Falcon. Here's yeah. Andrew Mercier, NDP MLA, speaking to me this morning. You can change the stripes, but you're dealing with the same animal. Uh, this is the guy who sold the land for the new Surrey Hospital, 
and now is going around saying that uh, we should move it again at a time when we're in a healthcare crisis. So I don't think he's changed. I think a, a name change won't hide that. It's just a symptom of Kevin Falcon being focused on his friends and focused on gaining power instead of focusing on British companies. Okay, well, I'm not sure how I'm this not, is focused on his friends. I don't get that. Yeah. Uh, I used the wrong animal analogy. I said leopard can't change his spots. Andrew said tiger can't change his stripes. Right, well, Sorry. yeah. Okay, but... <laughs> You know what are the what else are they going to say? Of yeah, course they're going no, to of course they're going to trash it. They're going to go back. NEPs obviously, no surprise, are going to seize on Kevin Falcon's track record on the on the minus side, the negative side. When he was cabinet minister, Falcon will go on the positive side of his. You know he likes to talk about building the Canada Line and the Sea to Sky Highway on his watch when he was transportation minister. Uh, the Liberals would like to focus on his time as finance, or the NDP will like to focus on his time as finance minister when there were certain budget cuts made. So uh, both these both parties are going to be dwelling on the past, and Falcon is going to try to insist this is about looking forward with okay. a new name. If the NDP, let's see, let's say David Eby had a vote on this, do you think Eby would want them to keep the Liberal name or change the name? You no, know, that's a, again, that's a good, good question. I'm not sure there's a real defined answer here. Whether the I think na- they'd prefer to run against the old Liberal brand. Probably there's baggage attached to that party. Yeah. But the party also had electoral success. Yeah. You know, uh, all governments uh, have baggage after a while. And uh, but the the further the BC Liberals are out of power, or the longer the, the BC Liberals are out of power, I think the less. Uh, Onerous that baggage becomes. Right. Uh, so, been, when the next election comes around, they're going to be a, out of power for what seven years or so, and I think some of that will be a distant memory with voters. and And the name BC Liberal, I don't think it would be as quite as uh, baggage laden as okay. it is right now. Maybe it's not a slam dunk that it goes through. We'll see. Well, I was interesting. Car- interesting. Well, Carolyn did not affirm your response about 50 percent plus yeah. one that's interesting that that is, we'll see what the what threshold they will set um heading into the home stretch here in the municipal elections around british columbia the race for mayor in surrey this is like a it looks like a toss-up to me i don't oh, know what's yeah. going to happen five-way here. fight yeah let's listen to uh, uh, councillor brenda Locke uh saying that if she becomes the mayor she'll go after doug mccallum Get him to pay back his legal fees on the uh, the charge he's facing, public mischief charge. Have a listen to this. When I'm elected, I'm going to instruct staff to go after every nickel of that money. McCallum better be ready for that because he has probably one of the most expensive lawyers in all of Canada doing this work for him. The public are incensed about him taking that money from, from citizens to pay for his legal fees. Okay, McCollum, of course, facing that mischief charge right now. Taxpayers paying for his lawyer. Game on for Brenda Locke there, going after McCollum. I mean, that's it's been a sort of a quiet race out there. You've got five candidates, and yeah. all with certain profile, and nobody's really said anything. And now Locke is first out of the gate with uh, with attacking McCallum over that issue. Yeah. Who pays his legal costs? Uh, what, again, if he's, I don't think, what if he's found not guilty, though, uh, under the law, the way these indemnities work? If you're found not guilty, I don't think they have to, taxpayers have to pay your legal fees back. If you're guilty, then there's an argument you'd have to pay the legal fees back. But if you're not guilty... Not sure how it applies to municipal yeah. uh, politicians. That's the way it pr- applies Did, provincially. Yeah, but that's provincially. So this yeah. is municipally. Um, but Locke, it doesn't matter one way or another. I mean, that's not going to be decided until after the election. 
And this is she's trying to put this to the forefront right now in front of voters before that issue has to be decided. She's also making the argument that when this whole bizarre incident went down where the mayor, where McCallum said this woman drove over his foot in a parking lot of the, of the supermarket, mm-hmm. you know, she's saying that that was on his own time, that this was just a random thing that happened while he was out gro- going grocery shopping. <laughs> he wasn't doing this was not part of his not duties city. as no. mayor. So that's why she's making the argument, look, th- this was not in the function of his performance as mayor. So that's why he should pay his own legal bills. Yeah, it's an argument she's yeah. trying to put in front of the voters. It's interesting to see if the other mayoral candidates will start attacking McCallum on this on the same issue, issue that yeah. he's vulnerable on. But so far, there's been silence except for Locke. Okay, real quickly, David Eby, uh, he'll be on the show tomorrow, by the way. We'll talk about his NDP leadership campaign, which has been kind of flying under the radar, kind of low-key. I mean, I keep thinking, is this like a tortoise in the hare thing? He's been asleep, and uh, this uh, Angelia Potter eye is catching up to him and maybe... Well, I've got a piece out this week in Glacier Media. Uh, Talked to a number of NDP MLAs, about a dozen, who are concerned. Yeah. That um, that her candidacy could triumph here and put the party into absolute crisis because it's a it's a, a advocating positions that are completely offside with what the caucus is take is when it comes to industry projects, site C dam, LNG Canada, fracking, you name it. Uh, she's attacked the party and the government, saying they're a complete failure on all sorts of issues. So there's a lot of nervousness there. So Evie today at 10.30, just a few minutes from now, is going to have an announcement outlining some of his housing strategy that he advocates. I assume it's going to be similar to what he's already announced when he was minister, which was uh, reaching over municipalities' heads and yes. ensuring that housing gets built despite the, the slow progress that a particular council wants to take right. to housing development. So that's at 10.30 today. So he's finally doing something, and yep. he's been—he's uh, had this very quiet, kind of low-key, almost invisible campaign to become yeah. the leader of the NDP. I mean, was what? What's up with that? Was he counting his proverbial chickens there? Yeah, uh, who knows? Right now, it's all rumors. This—the party has not released any any information in terms of membership sign up. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, she's not a, an official candidate. She hasn't. Anjali Potteri. Yeah, she told me that earlier or and, in and an still, earlier show. And still, a week later, still not an official candidate. Right. There's and, a number of things you have to, a number of boxes that have to be uh, checked here. One is um, money, which apparently she has raised money, the requirement. But you also need 250 um, party members of the old list to sign up and endorse your candidacy. And they have to come from all regions in the province. Not just South Vancouver Island, which is a heavy green presence, which I think many of our memberships have come from. So that has to be met. It has to go through a vetting process. Could that be the reason they used a disqualifier? That could be one. It could also be the vetting process. As we've discussed before, all political parties have a vetting process, and there's, there's no rules. There's no written game plan. They can just, it's completely subjective. All right. Keith Baldry is my guest. Baldry's beat. Let's go to your phone calls. Natalie and Ladner. Hi, Natalie. Hi. Good morning. Uh, Hi. Just a quick question. How much is this going to cost? The name changing is not going to do anything. Uh, what is the cost for the letterhead, the new logo, all that? I would like to know what the budget on that, and do we really need this right now? No. Okay. Okay. For that. Well, well yeah. you know, that's, a, that's an interesting point, because uh, it's all uh, cost borne by the party. Sure. 
Uh, and as any candidate will tell you, they keep all their lawn signs between elections and yeah. bring them out again the next election. So right. all those lawn signs that have accumulated over the years in B.C. liberal writings will have to be tossed. And Maybe they can make up some stickers to put over yeah. the old liberal name. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you got to change. It's, 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 it's a complicated thing to change your, your brand. Yeah, yeah. The logo has to change. The letterhead has to change. All the signs have to change. Uh, websites websites you've got to change and then you've got to penetrate people's brains well then you've got to yeah get people to connect this name so the bc liberals if you recall came to the fore in 1991 the liberal party has been a the liberal party of one entity or another i think since 1903 or something right but the bc liberals were a new party Uh, i think gordon wilson was the one who actually uh, turned it into the BC Liberal Party. So it, it replaced the Social Credit Party in 1991. It took them 10 years to gain power yeah. um, as they sort of, uh, this new brand had to replace the Social Credit brand, which had been in existence for since 19, you know, 1950, early 1950s, and had been associated with power for a long time. So Liberals, you know, BC United, it's not necessarily an overnight sensation. There's a lot of work uh, on the ground that has to be done here. Let's go to Roxanne on the line in Surrey. Hi. Hi, Mike. I love your show. You're my Thank favorite. You. But anyway, Thank you. Um, yes, I do like the idea of changing the name to BC United. Um, so many people out there affiliate BC Liberal Party with um, the Trudeau Federal Liberal Party. Yeah. And it's so confusing for everyone. So it's like you know, um, it, it's so many people when you're out there are talking about it. And, you know, there's well-educated people that don't know the difference because they're just living their life. And and I do see the party, um, the BC Liberal Party, being very united under Kevin Falcon. He's a great leader. Um, so, you know, the people have spoken in the party and they hear it out on the streets from so many people. So I think it's a valid thing to do. Um, okay. Yeah, that's my two thank cents. Well, Roxanne, thank you for the call. Interesting take, Roxanne. Uh, the Liberals did win four or five elections under the name BC Liberals. Yeah. Um, do you think there is a lot of confusion, though? Like, do you think some people think that the, two, I don't think the federal Liberal Party is connected with the BC? I don't think there's a lot of confusion, but maybe there's some. I mean, I'm sure the Liberals are a little troubled that the Surrey South by-election, even though they won, the conservative BC Conservative Party got 13% of the vote. Yeah. So as much as there, maybe there's confusion that uh, you're losing conservatives, the reverse is true as well. Do you lose do you lose federal liberal support by suddenly right. becoming yeah. the BC United Party? Right. That's the that's the flip side of this coin. Um, trying to be all things to all people, uh, federal liberals, a number of them vote um, for the BC Liberal Party. Do they vote for the BC United Party? We'll see. Vicky on Salt Spring Island. Hi, Vicky. Hey, how are you doing? Um, it's good. good. It's good to hear you guys. Um, the whole thing about they can the liberals can change their name as much as they want, but you know they still have that bad smell following them, and that's Rich Coleman. <laughs> you know, it's it's not mm. good. He's he's a bad man, and what he did, he I think Christy Clark would have been all right if she didn't have him. Okay, I think he brought well. her down. Okay, thank thank you for that. Well, I guess you can't go to. You can't remove the odor of the old Liberal Party at that point? Well, the Liberals, like I say, definitely some baggage. That, But I don't think those are disaffected Liberal voters who are deserting the party. Those are just people who won't vote for the Liberals in the past, won't vote for them in the future, whether their name is BC Liberal or BC United.